Oh, yeah. See, Lawrence loved it. So if you want to be saying yeah like everybody else, then you should bring people or you should pay for it. Amen? All right. And then you bring the most friends on an E-Night, you win $25 gift card to the hip. Our next E-Night is going to be very, very soon. And I won't tell you when. I won't give you any details. I'll just tell you it's soon. Mysterious. Ooh. Everybody say ooh. Ooh. All right. Our vision here is loving God, loving people. If you don't love people, then what? True. Amen. <laughs> We're going to connect you to the cross. We're going to connect you through our life groups. We got three life groups. First, we have the ambassadors every first and third Saturday at 3 p.m. Make some noise for the ambassadors. And then we got the resistance first and third Tuesday at 6 p.m. Oh, they're hyped up. Then we got righteously redeemed. First and third Wednesday at 6 p.m. Yeah, the, the Righteously Redeemed took that one. Let's just move on. Let's just move on. Then we're going to mentor you in the one-on-one. We're going to get you connected. We're going to get you connected with the leader. If you're a leader, raise your hand. You can go to one of them for one-on-one. And then we're going to get you into 201, which is a classroom-based class. We're going to have you be leaders in the church, elders and deacons. One day you'll get there, but you got to start at 101. And then we're going to send you out to make disciples and repeat the process. So I like to say we make disciples on disciples on disciples. Can y'all say that? Disciples on disciples on disciples. Amen. Now this is our goal. We're going to want to have 50 churches in Chicago with 100,000 disciples and 500 churches worldwide. If you believe that, can I get the loudest noise you can make? Man, y'all some quiet people. That wasn't loud. Now give me the loudest amen y'all can make. All right, all right. Can y'all stand to your feet for tithes and offerings? Woo, let's get excited. <laughs> Who knows what a tithe is? Raise your hand. All right, Shamal. All right, he got it right. Give him a hand. Give him a hand. Woo. Oh, that's weak, man. Oh, y'all are bogus. Let's give him a hand. Give him a hand. There you go. Who knows what an offering is other than Corey? <laughs> Who else? Raise your hand. Three, two, one. I see her back there. Come up here. Don't be scared. You raise your hand. You. No, not Joe. You. You come up here. She going to tell me what an offering is. Hey, Amen. She got it right. Woo! All right, now we got the hardest question you'll ever see. What is 10% of $724? Really, Alec, you're gonna raise your hand? A leader, really? Anyone else? Leilani knows it, so everybody should know it. Sam, you raising your hand? You are? Okay, what is it? I think it's, oh, okay. Um, $72.40, is that right? Is that right? Dang, Joe, critical, man. What's the answer? The answer is elevate. Dang, he got it right. <laughs> Amen. All right, let's recite this verse. Acts 20.35, remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than receive. Let's pray. 
Lord, we come in your mighty name. We just thank you for this time, God. We thank you for all these people coming out in order to hear the word, God. And we pray that you will use your servants, Lord, that, that the highest person here was, would be a servant of you, God. And they know that their mission here is to serve the people, God. And we pray that this, this message that's being brought forth by the pastor, Lord, that it would touch their hearts. It would pierce everyone's heart, Lord, and that they would really understand who you are to them, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Red Bull in my hands, feels like I got wings, loud of people in my face, but I can't hear a thing, it's like my head's up in the clouds, head's up in the clouds, and I ain't coming down, no, just turn the music down, just let me get lost, I swear that I'ma lose it if somebody turns it off, what are you out your mind, you must be out your mind, just turn the music off. Turn the music out! That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. All right. I'm going to do something off the cuff real quick. If you have a, a, a back neck tattoo, raise your hand. I know they exist, okay? I know. I, come on. Don't be shy. What happens to the guys who actually do have the tattoos? Where, are, where do they all go? Okay. I see how it is. If you have a tattoo of any sorts, raise your hand. Okay. Everybody look at them. And then just say... Cause that's all we're gonna do with them. <laughs> all right, what I'm gonna ask now is we're gonna do a testimony because we were actually on a mission trip this last week. We went to New Orleans and we did some crazy just stuff for the Lord. It was amazing. So I'm gonna just pick randomly somebody from the group. Let's see. Eeny, meeny, miny, mo, catch a tiger by his toe. If he hollers, let him go. Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Let's have Tito come up. Everybody give her a Tito. I just had to put you out there, man. It did come out the random, all right. Uh, just give a quick testimony, like literally like 45 seconds of like what, what God did there, amen? Okay, so what's up, guys? Um, all right, so someone there, we were there in uh, New Orleans for a week, and our main, I guess, goal or mission would have to be uh, to preach the gospel to the people there. So uh, just quick, uh, awesome things that have happened to me. I was a little bit afraid of going out and preaching the gospel, you know, evangelizing, talking to people in general. I didn't really know how to start conversations. I was a little bit nervous. And it was so awesome because, you know, um, really uh, praying and asking God to break your heart for the people in this world. Not, to not, to not just in that city, not just in your city, but just in general for the people in the world. You know, um, experiencing that and actually having my own heart broken and crying uh, for the people there, uh, it's, it's, it's really awesome to just kind of uh, experience what God or what Jesus felt when he saw the, uh, the people uh, in his time when he was alive. And uh, so it was pretty awesome. Uh, a lot of people got saved, gave their life to God. Um, you know, it was totally amazing. My life was just absolutely changed. Uh, I'm not afraid anymore to talk to people. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, just um, I guess the best thing was just 
being uh, out there with the group that we were with because uh, we had our our bonding moments and just uh, times where we would go out there together and kind of uh, get to know each other, but at the same time uh, going out together in uh, uh, you know in doubles like two two people and just really sharing the gospel, just what Jesus told us to do. Amen. You see, that was not 45 seconds, but it's still it's okay. It's okay. All right, guys, I want you guys to look at the screen right now. We're going to have the Summer of Fire slide up there. Uh, I see a lot of new faces or faces I probably have not been uh, have not got introduced to yet. But just so you guys know, this is Elevate. We already said it for the announcements, but Elevate is our youth group. We do this every single Friday at what time? Six, six. Who said six? I heard somebody say six over there. Over there. Okay. Yeah, so you can come at 6 because there will be, like, games you can play outside and things of that sort. But 7 o'clock is our service time. And, man, I'm just so excited about the things that God has been doing in our ministry for the last year. And us just going to New Orleans to go and to preach the gospel. We went to places where not a lot of Christians would dare go. But we went to those places, and we went there when it was late at night. And we saw some crazy things, and we talked to some crazy people. We talked to some people that definitely needed Jesus. I mean, everybody needs Jesus, but we talked to people that were in urgency. And I know that I want everybody here to understand, man, like, if you have not yet shared the gospel with somebody, today I want you to get challenged to go and to share the gospel to somebody that you don't know. Now, we usually say it like, oh, talk to your friends, talk to your, uh, you know, to your neighbors, your relatives or whatever like that. But I want you to try to talk to somebody that you don't know. Let's say you're going to the corner store, you're going to buy some donuts or something like that, or some Doritos, and you're like, you just see the person there. And he's just, just chilling, you know, he's behind the counter or it's a girl, whatever. Just go ahead. Share the gospel with them real quick. Just talk to them about Jesus. Actually, we did that. It was, I don't know how hot it was one of those days, but it was like, extremely humid. It was like we were out for 30 minutes and it felt like we were going to die. It was me and Joby and like we just stopped in a, like a little convenience store and we just stopped in there like, hey man, can I talk to you about Jesus? This guy was just like so thrown off. He was like, what? What? Jesus? But he had like a really like deep Louisiana accent so you could hardly understand what he was saying. So he was like, I don't know about no Jesus. It sounded like that a little bit. It was kind of like, I got a little scared. I was like, I almost held Joby's hands like, Joby, we need to run now. Run now. This guy's going to feed us some gators in the back. Now I'm playing. So talk to somebody this week about Jesus. If you don't know how to share the gospel, just share your testimony. Say, hey, can I talk to you about how good Jesus is, how he changed my life? Because this whole entire summer of fire was leading up to something. It was leading up to seeing people really get radically changed and actually do something with their faith. Because when you say that you believe in Jesus, you're supposed to do something about it. It is not just some talk that you give and then you go back home and you just put it underneath your bed. And you're like, oh, well, maybe until next Friday I'll pull it out then and I'll be Christian on Friday then. Only on Fridays. Maybe some Sundays when I don't get and when I'm you know, really refreshed when I wake up in the morning and I'll go to church or something like that. Only those days I will be saved. Let's not do that. Let's be real. Let's be real Christians that are living around the clock all the time, going after the Lord, saying, I want you, Jesus. I want to change this world. I want to do something about this. Because Elevate has that heart and it has that vision. The vision of Elevate is to see young people rise up and actually get on fire for the Lord. Get on fire to the point where they're inviting their friends, reaching out to their friends, doing whatever it takes, becoming leaders in their schools, becoming leaders in their lives. Because that's what the Bible is saying 
for every single person here. Every single person says, I'm a Christian. Guess what? You are called to be a leader. You are called to be a leader to your friends. You're called to be a leader to your family and your community. You're called to do all of that. When you look at the world, you can see it. It's lost. It's broken. It's fallen. But you, you have the light of God inside of you. You have to do something about this. This fire of God, if you just allow God to fill you up, if you allow God just to baptize you in the Holy Spirit, if you allow God to do something powerful in you, I'm telling you right now, your life is not going to be an ordinary life. You're not going to be looking at it when you're 70 years old and you, you think you retired or whatever you do, and you're like, oh, well, I worked 40 years at a, you know, at this, at this flight, uh, at this airline. I worked 40 years doing this one thing. And, yeah, it's kind of cool, but I'm kind of lonely now. My children all, are all gone. Now we have to make this life count. There's a legacy that we can build in this life that's way greater, that's far greater than anything that we can even accomplish with our own hands. And it is being obedient to the Lord. Amen. Alrighty, guys. Let's pray, and then we're going to get into the word today. Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for this ministry, God, and for discipleship, Lord. I thank you so much that you came down into this earth and that you spent time to disciple men and women, Lord. That you spent time to show the ins and outs of how to live for you. You show, you gave time and you showed us how to do it, Lord. And so today, God, I pray that there would be no phony uh, claims that people are Christian, God, but that they would look at your word, that they would read the word of God that is inspired, that is alive, that is active, that is ready to change lives, that they would read that today, God, and that they would be changed inside their hearts. They would be changed in and out, Lord that nothing would be the same anymore, but that they would see your words and they would be convicted and compelled, Lord, to go and follow you in every way they can. God, I pray for this summer of fire that's closing off this month, Lord, that you would just seal it all up, God, that all the words that you spoke, God, that you would always resonate those words in the hearts and minds of those here, Lord, that you would show everyone here that they are meant to live this life for you with passion and with excitement because you were passionate and you were excited about us, that you gave your only son for us, Lord. I thank you so much for this, God. In Jesus' name, everybody said. All right, the title of today's message is called Big City Fire. Everybody say Big City Fire. Say that five times real fast. Big city fire, big city fire, big city fire, big city fire, big city fire. Yeah, I failed in the fourth try. Okay. I, I, I'm, I'm terrible sometimes in enunciating words. I, I've been called out plenty of times. I, I remember before I used to not, I probably I don't even say it even to this day, but I didn't say brother the right way. I would say like brother or something like that. So if you catch it, just give me grace. All right, give me grace. Don't judge me. All right, look at your neighbor and say, don't judge. And I'm poking him in the eye. No, don't do it. Don't, don't do it. Don't do it. Okay, I just want to make sure. Big city fire. How many of you guys in this room have ever went traveling before outside of Chicago? Let's say even outside of Illinois. Let's say just outside of this whole entire state. A lot of people have, right? Now, I don't know about you guys, but, you know, I, I grew up in Chicago my whole entire life. I know the city. I've seen the skyline. I'm not too fascinated with it. Before the bean was around, I was around. Okay, before that little silver bean in downtown, I was here, okay? And I didn't even care about the bean when it came out. So, you know, don't, don't judge me again, remember? Let your neighbor say, don't judge. Don't judge him. 
I didn't really care about the bean. I didn't care when the Sears Tower got changed to the Willis Tower. I still call it the Sears Tower. I don't care about that stuff. You know, but I grew up not really caring about the city, but when I started to actually travel outside the city, there would always be this feeling when I would come back. It would, it would be the feeling of excitement, the feeling of, like, man, like, I can't wait to see, like, Chicago. Like, man, it's just it's so awesome to be back home. It's so awesome to be here. Now, some of you guys probably weren't even born in Chicago. You probably had that feeling if you go back. How many of you guys were born in a different country? Raise your hand. You see, one person who I know was born in a different country, and they even raising their hand. Carol, you better raise your hand right now, because I know you weren't born in America. <laughs> Show me your papers. Show me your papers. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, I'm joking. I'm joking. So everybody else was born. If you were born uh, outside of Chicago, somewhere else, raise your hand. All right, all right, some cool people, some cool people. You're born, you're born, okay, that's cool, that's cool. So maybe you might, like, feel that way. If you've ever gone back to that hometown or whatever, you might feel that way. But for me, that's how I always feel. I remember the first time I really uh, stayed away from Chicago. I was on a, a camping trip, and we came back really late at night, but it was, like, so exciting just to be back. And I remember that as we were traveling, we didn't even need to go to downtown, but, like, we said, let's go to downtown. Let's go see the skyline. Let's go, let's go in the streets. Let's go see what it's all about again. And we, w we went there. Uh, on a mission trip, I was gone for two and a half months and man, all I saw a lot was like dirt roads and like like houses that were like maybe just like one story tall. So I was used to seeing that. But we came back, I think it was like the evening time after two and a half months being in Mexico. Not Most people don't even speak English. Obviously, no, uh, like I would say like 0.1% speaks English and then everyone is just like speaks Spanish. Obviously, that's what Mexico is all about. But going back to... America, going back to Chicago, and then we came in the nighttime, and it was just all orange lights. It was just amazing, and I just had that feeling again, like, man, I'm home. And just recently, when we came back from the mission trip, we were on the road for a long time, okay? This is, this is not a, a fun road trip because, well, it, it's fun because of the people that you're with, but it gets to the point where everyone gets tired. Everyone knocks out at one point, and at one point, everyone turns up for, like, 30 minutes, and everyone goes back and knocks out. We were in, like, this car for, like, 16 hours. We were driving from New Orleans back here. And, again, that feeling started coming, and I just remembered, like, man, like, I'm just so glad to be home in Chicago. And this time it was different. When I started, when we started coming to, to see, like, the big city with all the big buildings and you know where you're actually at, I just started to see so much more than I, I used to. I started to see in every house. I started to see all of the businesses and all the, the little communities that were around. And I thought to myself, like, man, I've really limited God in this approach. I've really limited God in my, in my thinking about what we can do in Chicago, what we can do in this city, even in the youth group. Most of the time when I talk to the youth group, and obviously I'm, I'm thinking in my head about this, so I, I think to myself, like, man, like, most of the time I just say, hey, just go to your high schools. And even those things, like high school seem like a daunting task. High schools are so big. Some of them can get so huge. They can sometimes rival universities. Have you ever seen Lane Tech? Lane Tech is like humongous. Have you ever been to another school? There's thousands of students sometimes. And I remember a few years ago when I wanted to go into one of these schools and try to like start something as a youth pastor, I got immediately shut down by the assistant principal. I was like, dang, like this is hard, you know? It's gonna be like I had to like do something really different to get into this school, you know? Like I have to like sneak in and then like, you know, like talk to some hey, you wanna know about Jesus, you know, like in the like on the, in the corridor or something like that. So security sees me, then I run out and all that. 
Too low key. See, that's some that's some under underground high school stuff right there. It doesn't even exist, but I'm gonna make it exist. <laughs> no, 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 I did not do that. But I was thinking, like, man, it's so hard. And I think schools are, in general, so difficult to reach. So you have so many people. A lot of the times, if you go to a big enough school, you can see a new face every single day. And as we were traveling down the highway, I felt that way. I felt the conviction. I felt like God was saying, you don't really think that I can reach this city. You don't really think that I can do something in this city. I was like, no, I, I know you can. I know you can do something in this city. I know that you want to see revival happen. I know that you want to see real fire come out. You want to see real fire come in the lives of students. I know that you want to do that, God. So today, I want you to think of a bigger picture. I don't want you to think of just your little small part that you're used to. Maybe you've stuck in the same neighborhood or you've lived in the same house for a long time. But today, I don't want you to be in that place. I want you to think big picture. I want you to think of the countless people that you see day in and day out. And I want you to start having a heart for those people. I want you to have a heart for the people that walk by you, the people that are on their bikes, they're going down Milwaukee, anywhere that you live by, I want you to have a heart for them. If you live in Hyde Park, if you live further away, if you live even closer, whatever it is, I want you to look at the people and I want you to understand that every single person matters to Jesus. Every single person was created by God to have a relationship with God. And you are the ticket. You got the ticket. You have the, the, the free admission right there. All you have to do is just let your little light shine. All you have to do is just be bold as a lion and let it happen. Let it happen. Let Jesus move through you. The city is so big, and there's literally millions of people. And I've, I've lived in a, different, a lot of different neighborhoods in my life, and I've lived in a lot of different houses and things of that sort. And I can tell you, man, I almost never seen the same face twice, unless, like, this is my neighbor or something like that. But most of the time, when you go on the CTA, just new people, new people. Unless you, meet, unless you go to that same bus stop at the same time, you get used to some different people or whatever. But most of the time, it's just new and new because there's so many. And I want you to understand today that the harvest is plentiful. Everybody say the harvest. That the harvest is plentiful. That though maybe you have tried to reach to somebody before, you tried to preach to somebody before, and they said no, there still are 10 other people that would take that spot. There are still people that want Jesus, that are desperate for him, that want an answer, that want something in this life. And right now, Jesus is not only the best answer, he's the only answer to their lives. He is the only answer. Let's go to Mark chapter 16. And when you're there, can you please give me a holla? Don't be all shy about it. Give me a holla. Holla, holla. Holla. There you go. There you go. I'm going to just fast forward to, uh, to actually read it because we just have limited time. But I want you to read Mark chapter 16, verse 15. It says this. This is Jesus talking. He said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. 
Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands, and when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people, and they will get well. This is the Bible talking to you. You say you believe. You say, oh, you know what? I believe in Jesus. If you believe, guess what? Signs are going to accompany you. Where you go now, there's going to be something happening. You're not going to be just going through the water all silently. Nothing's happening. No, you're going through the water. You're making waves. This is what's happening in this, in this place, in this city. When you're going around, people are going to know that you're a Christian. People are going to start seeing things. You're going to be different. You're not afraid of what people are afraid of because you have God on your side. You're not afraid of demons. You're going to say, you know what? I cast out demons in Jesus' name, and they go. They're afraid of me. They know me by name, and they're like, I ain't going to mess with Alyssa because Alyssa's going to cast me out man I'm scared I don't want to even go 10 miles close to her man because I start feeling that fire and I'm afraid of hell man because I'm that's what's gonna happen then that's what we're talking about this is what the Bible is talking about this is what the word of God is saying that you will be accompanied with signs signs that there is a God signs that there is something greater than just what we see with our eyes signs that something is actually happening in the supernatural when you see sick people you pray for them sometimes people don't get well that's fine but hey man if you at least try if you at least try you start seeing people get healed you will speak in new tongues. We talked about already speaking in tongues. You heard my wife. She was speaking in tongues when she was on the mic. Speaking in heavenly languages directly to God from her spirit to God. My gosh, this is for today. This is not some lame stuff that you're just going to go to school and then your teacher is going to be like, all right, guys, turn to page 41. We're going to learn now about mitochondria. All right. Please, Jesse. Read this paragraph right now as I check my Facebook. Come on, what? Come on, are you serious? Are you serious? Yeah, some teachers might get a little bit more zest into it. They might get a little bit more oomph into it. Like like Ashley, she's probably like really hardcore. She probably brings the fire too. She's like, y'all need to be saved. No, I don't know if she said, she said that yet. Maybe, right? You'll be doing it this year? Okay, amen. All right, that's good. You see, she's said that before. That's what I'm talking about. You see, this is what God wants to do. Where you go, there is the kingdom of God. Where you go, Jesus is being represented. Where you go, everything else, the kingdom of darkness is fleeing because it has nothing against the kingdom of God. It has nothing even close to that. I've heard a lot of Christians say, I'm afraid of, of scary things. I'm afraid of things that go bump in the night. Ever say bump in the night. I'm afraid of that. I'm afraid of the creaky door that I walk through sometimes, you know, and like I'm just I'm a little paranoid because, you know, I'm, I don't know if something's going to come out like a clown or something like that, a killer clown with really long snake hands or something like that. You know, if I saw a killer clown with freaky long snake hands, you know what I would do? I'd be like, you better get out of my house now in Jesus' name. Get out. Go back to the pit of hell where you belong. You know what would happen? You'd be like, no, 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 that's not even going to happen. He's going to be like, all right, I'm going to get out now. That's what happens. This is what it's supposed to be like. Maybe you've never seen somebody demonically possessed. They're crazy, okay? It's pretty, it's pretty cray-cray. It gets violent. It gets real, real quick. You're like, my gosh, like this is something else. But you are not supposed to be afraid at that moment because what you have is you know that there's literally a, 
a demon inside of a person and you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, why would you be afraid? If you have God inside of you, how are you going to be afraid of some, some, some like thing inside of somebody? That's like nothing. You, you have literally the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords flowing through you with power. You can tap into any type of power. It doesn't matter if there's a thousand demons inside of a person. It doesn't matter if you're the only person and you think, oh, this person's going to have like six times normal human strength. He's going to like toss me up like three stories or something like that. It don't matter. You just say, I rebuke you in Jesus' name, and that's it. That's what's it. Oh, look at that. People just flying crazy over here. See, we rebuke them in Jesus' name. Lord, don't let them crash because that's what probably. You all get what I'm saying? This is real. And this city is in absolute need of real Christians that are really on fire, that really want to do something with this, that really want to do something with their faith. It's enough already of the lukewarm Christians saying, I don't really care about Jesus. I don't really care about a relationship with God. I don't really care about all that. I don't want to be Christian. It's not really that exciting. I was talking to somebody, and I remember I, um, they were saying something to me about, uh, you know, Christians in general who don't really, like, really care about Christianity. They're like, oh, you know, uh, I don't really care about that. You know, it's boring. Uh, you know what I said? You know what would really be boring? If you were married to somebody and the person that you were married to was never there. That would be boring, wouldn't it? If you were in a relationship and the person that you were in a relationship with was never there, that would be boring. The reason why Christianity might be boring to some people is because they don't have Christ. That's it. Take off the religion. Take off the shackles. Stop talking about, oh, you know, I'm saved, and you get a little kiss or something. That's nothing, man. Seriously. Get saved. Follow Jesus. Fall in love with him. He fell in love with you. He knows everything about you. That's all you need to understand. And then get into that relationship. Get connected. Get empowered by this because this is what I'm talking about. This relationship, this life is meant to be moved. It's meant to have something else other than the mediocre, lame stuff every day, waking up 9 to 5, doing something. I just saw a meme, and like some, like it was like a, a picture of a highway, and it said something like, so you bought a car so that you could, like, you know, you could go to work so that when you go to work, you basically can pay for your car. And that's what you do all the days of your life. And then you, when you go to work, you're supplying for your apartment that you're never there because you're always going to work to go pay for that apartment. You might be saying, that sounds crazy. Guess what? It's called adulthood. It's coming to you. It's coming to you real soon. It depends. How old you are, it's coming to you, right? You might be afraid. You're like, I don't want to be an adult. You're not Peter Pan. You're going to grow up. Everyone's going to eventually get the, the if you're a male specifically, you will get a little card in the mail. It's going to say, hello, you're, you're going to now be input into selective services or something like that, which means basically if there was a war that would happen, you might be drafted. Just so you know, that's just put that in your back pocket just to remind, remind yourself. I remember when I, was, when I was 18, I got that. I was like, dang, this is real now. Adulthood. Pay the bills. That's crazy, man. I want you to think about all the places that you travel in this city. Maybe, like I said, you, you go to limited places. Maybe you might not go as far as some people go. Some people tr- take the bus and then they take a train, and then they go to, like, Whitney Young. Or some people go as far as Hyde Park. Some people go just right around the corner to their school. I want you to think about all the places that you can see, and then some. And I want you to start claiming everywhere that you walk, this is going to be Jesus' territory. 
This is going to be Jesus' territory. This business, they're going to get saved. These people in these houses, they're going to get saved. Everyone I know that I'm going to talk to, my teachers, they're going to get saved. My principal is going to get saved. It doesn't matter if it even doesn't happen. Just please, just start at least having faith for it. Have some faith that God is going to do something in this life through you. Have some faith that this is going to actually mean something. And before you know it, you're going to start seeing God starts giving you a little bit of, a little bit more responsibility, a little bit more responsibility. Before you know it, you're in the 201 in our church. You're, you're actually starting to have responsibility. You can be a teacher. You can be a, you can be a leader now to the, to the youth here as well. Steve just started a ministry on Thursdays where he goes out. He goes to just a bunch of gangs around the neighborhood, and he just goes and he just preaches the gospel, loves on people, shares in truth. Now, that sounds crazy. I mean, I remember back in the day when we used to go preach at Prosser. I was like, dang, like, that's, that hood is, like, st- you know, straight, like, crawling with the gangbangers and all that stuff, you know? Like, every time we would go there, like, it would just be like, oh, there they go, and they're just going to go do something over there. My wife went to Prosser, and she can tell you she's, it's been like that for years. But you know what happened? God said, you know, I want to change that place. I want to change all of Chicago. And though you forgot about Prosser, maybe you stopped thinking, you start, you stopped thinking that it even existed. Maybe you stopped thinking about old neighborhoods that you were used to be a part of. It doesn't matter. They still exist. They're still there. And God wants you to be faithful. He wants you to do something. See this city for what it is. Don't be scared or intimidated by it, but actually go and do something about it now. If you have the word of God inside of you, you say, I believe in Jesus. You say, I am born again. Then it's time now to let this scripture verse come to light. It's time to start seeing this summer fire for what it really is supposed to be. Where you start to say, I'm going to hit the streets and I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to see live change. That's what we do here at Elevate. Every Friday at 3 o'clock, we go out to the neighborhood. At 5 o'clock then, we go into the neighborhood right here, more specifically just by the church. We just start talking to people. Hey, are you, you got a moment to talk about Jesus? Can you imagine how that feels? Imagine if that was you two years ago. You're just walking down your merry way. Like, oh, la, 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 la. Or maybe you have some hardcore, like, thug music on. Yeah, yeah, I'm getting it. I'm getting it. And all of a sudden, so somebody stops you. Hey, 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 hey. Can I talk to you about Jesus? What? I don't want to talk about Jesus. Get my thug on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or me, like before I used to listen to just like hardcore metal. So I'd just be walking. I, w- I wouldn't be like, you know, like headbanging in, but I'll just give like people like mean mugs all the time. Be like, yeah, that's right. I'll beat you up. Nothing. That's what I would do when I walk. <laughs> I looked intimidating, okay? I don't look like that, okay? Maybe the, the shaved head now and all that, but. Let everybody stand up and let's have the band come up. start turning off these lights. The question I want to ask to you is, when is it enough? When is it enough that our city destroys itself? When is it enough that the city decides to go with whatever it believes in? When is it enough? Aren't you tired of seeing people in your life get hurt, get broken, get dragged down, Because this world spits people out all the time. The world says, hey, come. Come to me. Follow me. And I'll give you whatever you want. And then just a few ways down the road, the world just kicks the person out. 
I see it all the time happen. All the time happen. And anytime you turn on the news as well, you always get bombarded with this person got shot, this person got stolen, you know, broken into. That's real. That's happening in this neighborhood, in your places, in your schools. I remember since I was young that there was always death happening somewhere. I remember when I was going to Catholic school in, I think, kindergarten, I heard about somebody dying from AIDS in my Catholic school. How does this happen? Everywhere I would go, I would see it. Something is wrong. Something is not right. Something is not connected here. And especially when you see how just detached everybody is from each other. You can't even go to neighbor. You can't even say hi to somebody. And they're like, look at you all weird. You're too friendly for us. So when is it a crime to not just say hi to somebody? When is it a crime to just be nice to somebody? No, I can't do that. I might get looked at the wrong way. I might get mugged. Now people are calling our city Chirac. It's all the violence that's happening. We hear these things, and sometimes we don't really understand that this is happening right underneath our very watch. Our very watch, this is what we have to understand. Today, I want you all to consider yourselves watchmen. Everybody say watchmen. You're in charge now of doing something. In the old days, there would be cities that would be fortified. You ever seen castles, you know, in like medieval times with the king, the King Arthur, whatever? They would have these big castles or something like that. That's like the kind of understanding, but in other places, mainly like around the world, they would have big cities where they would have big walls that would protect their city from other armies coming in. It would, it would either A, be really beneficial because that army couldn't do anything, or B, the army could wait for them to starve because they couldn't go out and get something. But I want you to consider yourself a watchman today. What watchmen would do is that they would stand on top of the wall and they would look. They would look out and they would see everybody that's still a part of the city. And if they saw a big army coming their way, they would start to yell out or use a, a sort of thing to amplify their voice. They'd be like, hey, watch out. They're, they're coming. They're coming. They're coming. They're coming to kill us. They're coming to do something. Run back into the city. Get fortified. Get fortified. Get in here. Protect yourself. The Bible says that if they did not listen to the watchmen, that their blood was on their heads, that it was their fault then. They were warned, and that was what this most anybody can do. You can't go physically to take somebody like, all right, I'm going to take you. I'm going to take you now. But if they heard it, if they heard the warning, then you did something great. You saw people get saved because of what you did. I want you to see this city, and I want you to say, hey, I see the armies of darkness all over it. In every single block, I see armies of darkness. On every single news channel I turn to, I see armies of darkness. It's time to go out and actually start doing something. It's start to go out and to start proclaiming with fire of God inside of our very bones. 
We're going to go out there. We're going to say, hey, guys, you need to hear about Jesus, the greatest Savior of all, the greatest conqueror of all. He loves every single person, and he wants you to come to a relationship with him. This is what we're talking about. This is what is holding, what you're holding on to. But the Bible says that if you did, if the watchman did not, sorry, if the watchman did not say anything, guess who was responsible for the blood of those people? It was their fault. I want you to understand today that you are responsible now. You heard the message and now you have no excuse. You are responsible for the people in your life. You are responsible for your friends, for your friends' friends, for your enemies, your petty enemies, because you, you know, one person took a donut from you in lunch. You're responsible for anybody. Because it don't matter about whatever petty thing happens, no matter about what hood somebody says they're from. What matters is the eternity. What matters is that lives are at stake, souls are at stake. You don't want to just say, oh, I'm going to let this person go for all of eternity. To go to hell for all of eternity? Don't be that person. Don't have blood on your hands. If you saw somebody getting mugged, if you saw somebody getting killed, you would say something. If you had a police officer right next to you, you'd be like, hey, hey, look, look what's going on. You would try to save them. I want you to know today that if you're saved in this place, you have the obligation, the duty to actually go out and to proclaim the gospel. It don't matter if you're too young, no matter if you're really shy, no matter if all that stuff. What matters is that there is an eternity at stake and you have the word of God inside of you and you are to go out and you are to preach the word of God. If you say, oh, I don't know how to do that yet, you got to come to evangelism. Come early on Fridays. Come on our Saturday, on our Saturday crew. This is what we're talking about. This is what is at stake. And this church and this ministry believes in this to the very foundation, to the very core. We'll go out when it's the polar, uh, the polar vortex going on. We'll go out when it's happening. We'll go out if there's a heat wave going on. We'll go out. It don't matter. Because if I can just stop one person and they would give their life to Christ and their life would be changed for eternity, it was worth it. It's worth it to be bold as a lion and to proclaim the word of God. Everybody, let's just bow our heads and let's pray. And let's have the leaders come up. Jesus. might be saying, oh man, Ellie came fired up from New Orleans. No, no, this is my life, man. I've been on fire for years. It ain't going out. No devil's going to come. Nothing's going to happen. This ministry will see revival happen because the Lord is moving in this place. The Lord wants to see the harvest one. Before we finish off today's service, I want you to think of all the questions asked, and I want you to ask yourself, it doesn't matter if you're 11 years old, it doesn't even matter if this is your first time here, I want you to respect the ministry right now, I want you to respect this time, and I want you to ask yourself that question, when is it enough? When is it enough that I see my city broken, and when am I going to do something about it? When am I going to do something about it?
Jesus. In this place right now, Lord, I just ask you that you would just move. I ask that your spirit move. Like how when the day of Pentecost came, God, that there was a loud sound and a, a mighty rumbling, God. God, I pray today, God, that you would move within this building, God. That there would be just your spirit being poured out on all people, young and old. That your spirit would be poured out on men and women. That even if people came here and they're just brand new, they didn't even know, they just got invited today, God, that they would get hit with your reality, Lord. That your spirit would cause conviction right now, God. That your spirit would be moving within the hearts of people here. That you would start revealing and revealing and showing into the lights and the hearts of every person in this place, God. I pray right now, God, that you would move so mightily, God, that lives would be changed, God. That lives and eternities would be changed. Not just themselves, God, but the people that they're around. The people that they go around and they see day in and day out, God. I pray for communities. I pray for streets and blocks and for different uh, high schools and buildings and, and businesses right now, God, to be changed, God. I pray for men and women here, God, to be standing up as righteous men and women that would be honoring you, disciples of Jesus Christ, doing something with this life that it was actually meant to be with that they would be faithful to the word, that they would go out and preach to all creation, God. Because your word says it in Mark chapter 16, verse 15, to go out and to preach the word and to have signs accompanying every single person. God, I pray right now, Lord, that they would be faithful, that they would have faith inside of them, that whenever evil forces come their way, God, that they wouldn't be afraid. No, no mighty gang can stand against no wisdom of man can stand against. I pray right now, God, that you would move so mightily, God, that you would confound the, the wise of this age, that you would con just completely just turn around everything that people are so accustomed to. All principalities, all powers in neighborhoods, they flee right now in Jesus' name. Oh, Lord, I just pray right now, God, for the good news to be proclaimed and for your name to be on the lips of the people of Chicago again. It's enough already hearing about all this latest celebrities and the latest dramas. Who cares about Taylor Swift? Who cares about One Direction? Who cares about this? Let Jesus' name be said in every lips, God, all the lips that there are here. Jesus. that Julian would come up and just pray for us to dismiss. Just pray right now whatever's on your heart, how you want to just dismiss us. Yes, God, we come in your mighty name, Lord, and we just ask you for each and every soul here that doesn't know you, Lord, that they will have a divine appointment with you, God. That you would show up in their lives, God. You would tell them to stop and turn around, God. You would call them to repentance, Lord. You would call them to your kingdom, God. You would call them to turn from their wicked ways, God, and come into a life that's eternal. Come into a life where worshiping you is the best thing that you could do, God. 
Oh, Jesus, we just come in your name and ask these things, God. God, we know you're mighty. We know you're powerful, Lord. Lord, nothing is too big for you. Nothing is too great for you. Lord, our minds can't comprehend what you can accomplish, God. Lord, so we ask for this whole city in your name. We ask for this whole world in your name, God. And we know that the harvest is plentiful, Lord. We know that it's right for the taking, Lord. Lord, we, we pray for more servants, more, more ambassadors for you that will go out and preach your, preach your mighty word and die to themselves, God, and not care what people think about them, but know that they serve a God who is mightier than anything in this world, that nothing shall come against, no weapon formed against shall prosper, God. In your name we pray, in your mighty, mighty name, Lord. Amen. Amen. Everybody say amen. Hallelujah. Awesome, man. You guys are dismissed. If you want to receive prayer, if you want to just get right with God, if you want to get closer to God, if you want to do something, come up to one of these uh, prayer workers up here, and then please get prayed on. Otherwise, we'll get we'll see you guys in life groups or on Sunday. Hallelujah. <laughs>